You're listening to Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. My name is Grace Casper, and I am your host for this journey. I am currently 24 years old, but my parents divorced when I was 8. When I was 10, I took my notebook to recess and wrote down 10 tips for my brother and I from going from mom's house to dad's house. Fast forward 12 years later, and I decided to take those tips and turn them into a book for my parents to see the kids' perspective and for other parents to see the kids' perspective. In June of 2023, I am proud to say that I published the book titled Dear Parents, Notes from a Child of Divorce. Through the writing process, I realized I was sharing only one perspective from the child, my own. I wanted parents and other adults to hear from more kids of divorce, and I noticed that there was no podcast from the kids' perspective, so that's how this show was born. Parents, this is not a podcast for kids to bash on what their parents did. This is a place for children to share their stories, recognize what went well, and tell what could have gone better. I hope you feel encouraged by this show, and I hope you feel less alone. And I hope my guests prove to you that you are not messing up your kid's life by getting a divorce. You may, in fact, be saving them from growing up in a harmful household. Are you ready for this? Let's do this. Hi guys, welcome back to Divorce, What I Wish My Parents Knew. Today, I am virtually seated with Wendy Sloan. Wendy is a former TV producer, and she is the host and executive producer of the What's Up With Wendy celebrity radio show and podcast. I also met Wendy because she asked me to be on her podcast, which is called Divorce Doesn't Suck, which, hello, I love that title. So true. Um, And... She was an awesome host, and her podcast appeals to a wide audience of listeners at every stage of their divorce journey, from deciding if divorce really is the right decision to post-divorce relationships to dating and remarrying. So really covers everything. And um, yeah, Wendy's just a wonderful person who is very familiar with the media and the spotlight and different things like that. However, something that she is very familiar with as well is divorce herself. Um, So today I have Wendy on just to tell us a little bit more about her experience of what it was like being a mother, walking through divorce and watching her kids go through it, what was going through her head as she was going through it and how she's doing now. Because if she has a podcast titled Divorce Doesn't Suck, then that must mean that it wasn't too bad. So Wendy, thank you for being on the show today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And you are just the bright light that I met, you know, when I interviewed you and you are the same person now. And I'm so proud of you and your book and everything you've done to help other people, parents and kids. Oh, thank you, Wendy. That's so nice. I know. I I told you this when we, when we first met that I feel like you could be my daughter. I know. <laughs> I felt I felt that connected to you. So I love that. Yeah, I'll have to make a trip to just see you in person one day. I just love talking to you. This is gonna be a fun episode. Same, same. So I would like to hear from you of um how long were you married? And were you married or was it just a split? So was it a split or was it a divorce? And um and then what year did you get divorced? How many kids do you have? And do you still talk to your kids today? Oh, my kids and I are super, super, super close. And yes, and they come home to me still. They both graduated college. One graduated last year. My daughter just graduated. 
Um, so yes, we're, we're super, super close. We always have been. And, um, I'll share with you later. And cause I did ask my daughter and some of her friends what divorce, you know, how it affected them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk to you about that later, but I got married. Um, I met my ex in the summer of 97. I was just at the end of being a television producer. I was you know, burnt out. I had come off of the OJ Simpson trial, the John Benet Ramsey trial. I was doing a celebrity trial. I was celebrity news show. I was kind of like doing two shows a week. And I was at that age where I was in my thirties, early thirties. And I was, what I really wanted to do is be a mom. I mean, I loved my career and I lived it in my twenties and it was a wonderful, exciting, you know, I moved to New York city from Miami, great career, but my inner self was it's time to be a mom. And so I met my ex in the summer of 97. We got engaged in 98, got married in 1999. I was 33. Wow. Had my first baby at 34, had my second baby at 35. Woo. Yes. They were born in New York City. Um, and then it was shortly, and everything was great. You know, it was a very, you know, happy marriage or so I thought. Um, after 9-11, I felt the need to get out to the suburbs. I kind mm -hmm. of felt that the world was... And it just felt eerie. And I also had, you know, two babies. They were yeah. 12 and a half months apart. And everything inside me was just saying, I need to get out of the city. Yeah. Even after covering like news stories and stuff, I still felt the need. So I only knew Connecticut because my old boss, Phil Donahue, lived in Connecticut. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And and then there I was in this, you know, in this house. My ex worked a lot of hours. He always did. And that was fine with me because I used to work a lot of hours too. So that didn't affect me. So basically I was the one that was raising the kids. Um, there was a nanny and a housekeeper, but they basically took care of my house. And um, I became very involved in the kids' school and their sports and in their life and their play groups. And, you know, that's what I did. And my ex worked, he worked on the weekends. He worked a lot. So the wow. kids were majority with me um, and my marriage was, it was fine. But guess what? I woke up one day and I'm like, I don't think I'm in love. And I'm kind of doing this on my own, really. I mean, that's the truth. There was no there was no cheating. There was no scandal. There was no whatever. I just woke up one day and I said, I don't want to live this life. I'm, it's not my authentic self. I'm, I'm, you know, I love my children. I'm happiest being a mom. But I just didn't feel that this marriage was right for me. Yeah. So I decided it was going to be over and that spiraled into a very long, almost 10 years, most unnecessary trial after trial, after trial, after court, after court, mostly financial. So we didn't really go to, we didn't go to custody for the kids on and off for 10 years. Um, yeah. And that was, that was tough because it, and, and this is what I would say to, um, to people out there getting divorced you know, know what your state, know the issues in your state. You know, you, if you're married more, if you're married 10 years or more, there's a lot more things that can happen. Um, know what your rights are. You don't have to rush, get a really great attorney. Um, that's going to really be there for you. I have one of my sponsors, who's my attorney, um, Melissa Needle. She really, that was four attorneys later. And she would came in at the very end. She really helped me a lot. And there's a lot of good advice on my podcast. Divorce doesn't suck about, about that and things that you should ask your attorney, et cetera. I mean, that was the hardest part for me. It's like kept going back to court and they can continue. The ones with the money can continue to take you to court over and over and over for anything just to keep running out your money or whatever it is. So 
it's shameful in the court system that they allow this to happen because all you're trying to do is be a parent to your children. And, you know, even though your kids are not involved, they are involved because you're sometimes not around or you have to leave or whatever. And I remember getting changed in the car um, back to my mommy clothes, waiting for them to leave so I could go to court, all these things. And my kids didn't know what was going on. And I never told my kids until one day my son got older and he's like, mom, don't ever lie to me again because his father was telling him we were going to court. So I was like, yeah, well, we have to go over schedules and we have to go over expenses. That's all it is. Like I would just try and make it light so it wouldn't affect them. But, you know, kids sense things. So you can say whatever you want, but kids sense things, no matter how perfect you try to be, no matter how much you try to keep them out of them, out of it, you kids sense things. So um, that was the hardest part for me. It was just, it was never ending. There were so many people, Grace, in my life, unnecessary people, guardians and lawyers and mediators and, um, you know, therapists. And the thing is, is that you'd ask the therapist, why are you in my kid's life? Because it's court appointed and I have to be here. Well, it's court appointed because if one partner wants kids in therapy, even if they don't want to be in therapy or need to be in therapy, you have to pay half of it. So it's like they try to run up your money too. This is oh. how the system is. And all these people that they, the people with the money, the partner with the money, they can keep bringing more people into your life to spend your money. And that's how my life was. Mm. And I'm sure that then affected the kids because mom is so overwhelmed with financial stress that that of course is going to trickle down into your personal life at home. And that's hard to keep those two things separate. And so that's I think exhausting. I did. A really, yeah. I think I did a really good job of that. And the reason why I did a good job of that is because I had an army of friends. I had such a safe haven around me. And when my kids were in school, that's when I did what I had to do. And thankfully I wasn't working anymore. So my new job became getting divorced so I, I think oh that gosh. between all of, you know, my friend, there was always friends and kids around. So I don't think my kids really knew, you know, I, they don't, they didn't see that part of me because when they came home, I was mom, I was in my, you know, I was at the football field. I was at the lacrosse, the field hockey field. I was, you know, being the You're team ready. mom, I was working at the school. So, you know, hopefully, and they say they really didn't know. <laughs> so hopefully that's it. And, you know, I see my kids as resilient and kind and empathetic, thriving kids, well-rounded and happy, perhaps more than most, because we didn't fight. Our marriage just ended. We didn't, we, there was no fighting in our house. There was no bickering. The kids didn't see anything like that. Um, and they always saw me as the primary parent. So when I was really the primary parent and they had two weekends away with their dad, it, it, that was the hardest part for them. I think the transitions. And um, I think they didn't, they, you know, I don't know if any kids really want two houses, um, but, you know, they were six and seven when the divorce started and it, they had a harder time. They had, they had a hard time with transitions. That was the hardest part. And I think oh. if my ex had made it more home for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he worked on the weekends too. And, 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 you know, in his eye, he'd rather have the nanny watch the kids than be with their mom. Because it was like, you know, kind of like, I need to win and et cetera. How did you handle the kids and their emotions with transition days? 
or with dad always pulling these strings, what advice would you give to other moms or dads who are struggling with their co-parent doing these things? And how did you support your kids when you know that they're going over to somebody's house where they're not having the best time? It's harder. I just kept saying, you know, it's different at daddy's house than mommy's because, you know, daddy does things different than mommy does things, you know, and that's okay. It's okay. It's okay to do things different. And, you know, that was kind of like my line all the time when it was really hard for them. I'll see you in two days. I'll see you. I'll see you back in two days. Have a great time with dad. It's going to be great. You know, or I would always say, like, tell dad what you want to do. Tell him, tell him that you want to go to, you know, New York City and and go to American Girl or you, you know, my son's big sports fan. Tell him you want to go to the NBA store. Like, just tell dad things that you want to do. And if he's working, ask him if he cannot work. Um, ask him if he can play a game and ask him if he can do these things. And I, you know, I think my daughter struggled more than my son because my son was able to you know, watch sports with him and do things with him that, you know, it was, it was harder to do. And I, I, you know, they weren't very far from me. And I think that helped them too, because they were super close. It was like five minutes away. That's kind of my advice. I, I just kept saying, it's okay. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's your dad and just mom and dad do things different. And I would just keep saying that over and over and over again. For someone who gets dragged to court constantly and you guys didn't have a relationship where you were fighting a lot but then once you pulled the divorce card it was like now he's being really frustrating you said your community and friends was huge for you but what other things do you think people need to have around them to be okay and to show up still as parents like are there other um pieces of advice that you would give to parents where you're like if you're going through this you need this. And I know your podcast is full of that, but if for you personally, what helped you be okay besides having your army of friends or was that really it? Just having a huge army of friends. Um, it was my, they were my safe haven, but it was also, I looked at my kids' little faces and that was, that was really it for me because they didn't choose to, for their parents to get divorced. They didn't choose to be, you know, a part of this. They didn't choose to have two houses they didn't choose um, for mom and dad not to be together and they shouldn't have to. So I just tried to make it, you know, we were always, us three were always together anyway. So I think that helped a lot that some of the vacations were really difficult for them to be away from me for that long of a period of time. Um, you know, I wish that my ex was, I wish he wasn't so angry and so spiteful and so like, you know, wanting to like, it was really, he was trying to get to me. So the only way to get to me was through my kids, really. You know, if the kids didn't want to go, if they didn't want, you know, don't force them to go like just, and if you don't have the time, you know, it's not the amount of time. It's the, you know, it's, it's not the, it's the quality of time, you know, yeah, right. Totally. So then take them out to dinner or take them to go get ice cream rather than make them spend the night. Like, you know, try to work with your, your ex as much as possible to do what your kids, like listen to your kids' voices and don't automatically assume it's coming from the wife, you know, the ex-wife or your ex-spouse or whatever it is. Really listen to your kids. I mean, I used to have my daughter write, you know, a whole list of things that were upsetting, but he would always think they were coming from me. They weren't coming from me. So um, 
Yeah, I, it was, it was really my circle of friends. You know, now it's a lot easier when I was getting divorced. No one, Grace, there was no one in my town that I knew of that were getting divorced. People were cheating on each other, but they were. What year was it when y'all 2008, when we were officially divorced. That's when my parents got divorced. Okay. So now a lot of people are divorced and it's more out there and there's, you know, coaches and there's podcasts like mine and yours and others. Uh, I didn't have those outlets. I knew one girl in my town and I sent her, got her number and sent her a text. I said, you don't know me but I think we have something in common. Aww. So I bonded with her. And even, even the army of friends I had, as great as they were and as helpful as they were, like if I was at court, they would pick up my kids um, for, you know, at the bus stop or at school or whatever, sports or whatever it was. Um, unless you really walk through it, you don't know. Unless you walk through the journey of divorce, unless you've been there, you you just don't know. Yep. So that's what my mission is now to, to help people and to make a difference and to say, you will be okay yeah, and you will get through it. And my strength really came from my kids, like yeah. looking at them and wanting to be the best version of myself for them every single day, no matter how rough my time was when they weren't with me. Yeah. And it was hard for me. It was hard for me on the weekends when they weren't with me the two days. Thankfully, they did a lot of sports. So I was always a team mom. So I was always there on the weekends. So they would see me. And um, my son played football when he was young. So my daughter would be on the field with me, even though it was dad's time. So that helped a lot too. Yeah. Cause I'm sure you um, missed them and like had to let them go with dad and be okay. You know, I had to be okay too, because, and I, and I always was like, mom's going to be okay. You know, mom has so much to do she can get stuff done and her work done stuff around the house, do all your laundry, you know, make your bed. So it's all clean when you come home, like, you know, pick up. I would just make it seem like, you know, mom was going to be busy getting ready for them to come home. But it was hard for me because I was now, you know, my kid's mom and I didn't know how to be Wendy again. Sure, I was a super duper television producer and, you know, made the news and had a big exciting career, but I was their mom now. And how do you turn that off? You don't turn it off, but you do when they're not with you, right? Because they're not with you. So my weekends were, were hard at the beginning because I worried about them and I would get a lot of phone calls and it would be hard because I knew they were having a hard time. So it was hard for me. Mm. So I just One, kept, I tried to keep myself busy. Yeah. One thing I want to applaud you for Wendy through my own story and hearing other kids of divorce is that you didn't let your kids in on how hard it was for you um because they don't need to know that and it's a lot for the kid to worry about when they go over to dads and they're like oh no mom's so lonely this weekend or oh my gosh mom's not gonna be okay and you didn't alienate your kids and when they called you at dads and they're upset you weren't like yeah dad's the worst let me just pick you up you very much respected your co-parent and I applaud you for that and I think it's cool that you guarded your kids from having to choose sides. You guarded your kids from having to make mom happy. And now we're mom's guardians because mom doesn't have dad anymore. That's very much the role that kids of divorce assume if the parent relies on them for emotional comfort and twisted ways. And so I just think it's smart that you had that boundary made and um, yeah, and you just protected uh-huh. them at all costs. That's really, really beautiful. I think they would say that they would say the same because I even to this, even now, you know, they're my daughter just turned 22. My son just turned 23. 
we don't talk about him. We don't talk about that. Um, we, I, you know, I always say, make sure you check in with your dad. Still to this day, I say that to them, you know, check in with your dad. I don't get involved in how their relationship is with their dad to this day. I never did then either. Um, it's all, you know, it's always there if they want to ask me questions, but we don't, I don't go backwards. We go forward. So there's things if they ever want to know, they can ask me, but I don't, I don't get into it. That's really cool. I heard on a podcast recently, it was a parenting podcast. I don't know why I was listening to it, but <laughs> I'm not a parent, <laughs> but they were saying the two um, things for parents to be there for their kids is to um, always be there emotionally. Like when the kid needs them, you'd be able to look at your kid's face and know what they're feeling and understand them and have empathy for them. But then the other thing that kids need are boundaries and for parents to be parents. And so I think it's cool that you knew that and you set up proper boundaries for your kids and you had this positive attitude of let's not dwell in the past. Let's not gripe about, oh, dad's the worst, blah, blah. But let's just keep going forward and thinking about how we can build better memories at mom's house and just focus on what you can control at your own house. And I think that's, that's wonderful. But and we made, we also, we made our own traditions, um, started right yeah, away. Yeah. Talk about we that. Still, we still had our, we, st so we would always go to one. So there's two family friends that we're very close with to this day. And so, and to this day, we still have Thanksgivings and Christmas, Christmas Eve with them. So it's always, we go to one of their houses and we celebrate and, um, our Christmas Eve's have started since my son was in. My daughter was in first grade. My son was in second grade. It's the same Christmas Eve. It's the same people. It's the same group. And we look forward to that every single year. And now as the kids are getting older and, you know, you know, some of them have moved, moved or whatever, we still try to keep those traditions. And I, um, I think the kids look forward, look forward to that. And that was really, really important to me. Yeah, that's really and, it, and if there was a holiday that I didn't have them on. I usually had them on those holidays, but there wasn't, it didn't have to be the day we, we celebrated another day and we had our own, you know, our own thing. So, um, I think that's another important thing is to keep traditions going, keep consistency going, keep routines going, no matter what. Yes. I would second that. <laughs> it's huge. And as long as I knew, I, and, but my dad would always say this, um, as long as you're okay, I'm okay. So I always told my kids that as long as you guys are okay, I'm okay. And we still say that to each other to this day. Aww. I mean, just last night we were on FaceTime for two hours, the three of us. That's um, so sweet. Yeah, we, we, we have, we have a, we have a more incredible bond than I see some of my other friends with their kids. Mm. And, and it's even impressive that you have that with adult children because the transition from kids to adult children can be tricky. And I know a lot of kids that kind of, run away from home once they're in college and calling mom and dad is not so much. I, I think I speak to them almost every day. My daughter, 12 times a day, my son, almost every day, even though he works a million hours. But what, one thing I wanted to bring up that, that this was my story and I'm not saying this is right for everybody. And I'm not saying I never dated after my divorce, but no one ever met my children. Um, my kids didn't know I was going on dates. Um, no one ever came to my house. No one ever met my kids. That so, is huge. You protected them big time. <laughs> and I didn't think it was that, you know what it was? It was that 
I was in, in so, I was so many people were in my life, Grace, mm-hmm. through my divorce, not by my choice, because remember what I said, yeah. the more people you bring it, the ex brings into your life, you have to split half of that. So it was kind of like, I'm going to use up all your money and then, you know, you'll really pay. Right. So I just felt there were so many people in my life. I didn't want anybody else in my life. And I also was very content raising my kids, doing what I had to do as a mother, because this was their time and I'll have my time. And now I have my time. You know, now my kids are launched, both are graduated from college and it's my time now. And I don't regret any of that. But that was my choice to make. A lot of people wouldn't choose that choice. Yeah. I love that, Wendy. And I spoke about that in my book. There's a chapter on dating. And I just say how there is no like correct path. Whatever is correct is what's best for you and your kids. And so my dad interpreted that one way and my mom interpreted that one way. Um, But either way, Jack and I, my little brother and I figured out how to do it and how to get through it. And my mom kind of leaned more on your side where she went on dates. Um, we never met the people. And then she stopped dating after a while and was like, you know what? I'm just going to raise the kids until they graduate, which kudos to her. And that's huge. And that's a huge sacrifice. Um, but that was her choice and no one was forcing her to make that choice. And it's not like she's more holier art thou because she didn't date, but it's just, it's what she felt was best. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the gold standard is what you feel is best for your family. And then the other gold standard is what you said, Wendy, of like, um, what I talk about in my book is saying to your kids, Hey, you know, I, if just so you know, I'm, I am going on dates, but I will never bring anyone in your life that I don't think is worth it or that I don't think is going to be in it for the long haul. And so not introducing your kids to that person until you really feel like, okay, this person might be the real deal. Um, because constantly introducing kids to people is a whirlwind. It's emotionally exhausting and it Mm -hmm. just isn't fair to them. But I'm curious, Wendy, if you could read to me that paper that you have from um, two children of divorce, one being your daughter. Yes. So my daughter and her friends, two of her friends wrote what the hardest part for them was and what they wanted other kids to know. So I'll just read these off. The hardest part of the divorce was not being heard by one of my parents, being forced to go spend time with a parent every other weekend that I didn't want to spend time with, nor did he want to spend time with me. It was hard seeing your parent care more about money and power over his own child. I'd want other kids to know that it's okay to speak your mind because holding in your feelings ends up hurting you in the end. Bottling up how you feel inside is never easy. I would also want other kids to know that having divorced parents isn't a bad thing and as scary as it is, everything will be okay. I like want to cry when I read that. And here's more. Powerful. The hardest part of being able to advocate for myself, the hardest part was being able, was not being able to advocate for myself because I was so young, but also feeling like my best interest wasn't always important as winning to one of my parents. I want other kids to know that although divorce feels really scary when you're going through it and don't know how to adjust to life with separated parents, but it isn't all bad. Living with divorced parents can be peaceful and happy. You know, I think sometimes um, when when you live in a house where there's unhappy parents, that can be more harmful to your children. 
when you live in a house where there's parents that fight, God, of course, abuse and, you know, neglect and all that. Yes. But I think sometimes the best interest of your children is to, if you're not happy, go away. And also I want my kids to see, they want, they want, and now all my kids want is for mom to be happy. That's all they care about is mom to be happy. You know, they want me to date. They want me to, you know, have love in my life. And, um, they, they, you know, they tell me that now mom date, mom, go out there. Mom, they want me to. It's so funny. They're like, mom, we're going to, we're going to go on the dating app for you. We're going to look for somebody for you. We're going to pick them out. And, um, yeah. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like people see me and my kids together and they can't believe it that, you know, my kids still want to come home. My kids can't wait to come home. And, you know, that's why it was really important for me to continue to have a home for them to come home to. And so, you know, I just moved again. I'm in my little peaceful place that I've always dreamed of, but it's a place where I know they can bring their kids one day and, um, you know, have my grandchildren here one day. And, and I'm excited for all the future, all that in the future, but I'm past it now. And, and one thing also, like I kept, there were moments where I was like, Oh my God, are my kids 18 yet? Are my kids 18 yet? Because you wish it to, so they can't, so the ex can't hurt you anymore. But in uh, in the end, Grace, I forgive him for all of it because I, I forgive him because I need to have peace in my life. That's so huge. I have no hard feelings. Um, and I never will because I can't live with that. I don't no. like to live with that bad energy in my life. Well, it's so funny when we think that not forgiving someone makes us have the power. Like there's this confusion of like, I have the power because I haven't forgiven them yet. And you know, I'm holding on to this, but really like they have the power over you because they're dictating your emotions. And now you're so upset all the time. You're holding this grudge. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like this invisible backpack with a bunch of rocks in it. And you don't realize you're carrying it around every day until you forgive that person. And then the backpack's lifted off of you. And you're like, wait, why do I feel so light? Why do I feel like I'm free now? And -hmm. it's like, oh, because you've been carrying around this backpack forever. And you became so used to the weight that you were carrying because they really had the power by you not forgiving them. So mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful that you had the maturity and the realization that like, no, this isn't for him. This is for me. And this is actually going to help me move on and live a lighter life. And I've tried so many times to like, you know, if you, like I've given, I gave him information. I would send him like pictures every year. I'd send him pictures when they got on the school bus. Um, you know, the first of this, or this, or the, the exciting news, if somebody got an award or whatever, but to him, he was always thinking that I was, you know, after him, I was, you know, alienating the kids from him. I was doing the total opposite. And you have to, he has to live with all that because he made his bed and he lives with it. And he lives with the relationship he has with his children, whatever that is now, I can't do that. And he also, you know, he involved my family and, um, money does a strange money does strange things to people. So I think that's when the kids started realizing like, you know, why is mom's family like near him and realizing like money played a big part in this divorce and you chose money over blood and yeah. And he told his story and they never really, my family really never heard my story. So I sit with that and I wonder what to do with it, but I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah but, you know, 
you can you can pick you can you can't pick your family but you can certainly pick your friends and we did that yep that's so good yeah oh I just I hate that for you Wendy of how much money just kind of sabotaged it all and kept you in so much back and forth and confused Mm -hmm. the kids and manipulated a lot of people but unfortunately or fortunately in some ways um there's a lot of people that can relate to your story. And so I'm grateful that you told it today. And I'm grateful that there's other parents listening because, um, yeah, unfortunately that can be a huge part of divorce and it's more than just how much you're getting paid or how much she's getting paid, but it can trickle down to the kids. Like you said, where, um, they're starting to put pieces together and realize like, wait a second, what is going on here? (laughs) And don't Um, you realize, like, I'm the mother of your children, like that, you should hold me in the highest regard of anything in the world, because I am their mother, and they should be the most important thing to you. So um, it's like that one child of divorce said that you read about that broke my heart about how he valued money and his career more than his own kid. And that's just yeah unfortunately that's the story of a lot of children of divorce is once once now there's the split and they spend time with just dad or time with just mom Mm -hmm. their true colors show and that's exhausting that the kid had to go over to a house that they really just didn't enjoy but it's the problem with um it's the problem with the court it's the problem with blood where we just think oh they're their father they have to see them correct oh they're their mother they have to see them but it's like if both parties don't want to see each other, then what are we doing? <laughs> it, 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 you know, the court, the courts really need to get a handle on. I mean, I would love to get in there one day. The court, they really need to change the system and they need to update the system. And it's like, it's like the whole Me Too movement. Like everything needs to be updated and changed. It's so broken, that system. It's horrible. And to, to let people spend that kind of money when money should, that's not in the best interest of the kids. Because if, if I wind up being poor, how is that going to help my children? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and and by the way, you should want your kids to live the same kind of life that they did um, when they were when they had two parents, as opposed to when they have one. Right to keep it stable and to keep things consistent. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree, yeah. Wendy. Yes. So the journey, you know, there was there were you know there was a lot of swimming in rough waters, but. You, I looked at my two kids' faces, and nothing was gonna, nothing was gonna stop me from being the best version of myself for them, and the best mom for them. And I, you know, I look at my kids now, and I'm like, I did good. Amen. I did, I did real good. Yeah. And that's the proudest thing of anything I've ever done is raise my kids. Wow, that's so profound. Yes, it's so true though. Like human souls versus like accolades and money that can. Not to get morbid here, but like yeah. <laughs> when we die, like the only thing that continues on is like souls, not mm-hmm. money, not LinkedIn accolades, not, you know, all these tangibles, it's people. And so the fact that you raised two incredible souls, like that is the biggest accolade you could ever achieve. Oh my God. So- Caring and kind and empathetic. And like, they have like so many great friends. They sur- my daughter, she's like the light of every room that walks in. And my son is the, I, I see him being a, a, a boyfriend to his girlfriend right now. And I'm like, 
my God. And she said, she said to me actually this past weekend, he's such a gem. Like, so, you know, when you hear it from other people and like teachers, I, I still keep in touch with their teachers. And when they come back to me and tell me things or their coaches have told me things or people that just meet them, tell me things, you know, then I, you know, I know, I know anyway, but that I know even more. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, Wendy, thank you so, so much for sharing. That was a lot, right? No, it was beautiful and it's real and it's raw. And I know there's so much more you could go on about because that's 10 years of a lot of drama. And so I appreciate you keeping it concise and giving real practical guides to parents. You guys, if you're curious about Wendy Sloan, I will be posting um, her picture on my Instagram at divorce tips from kids. So you can click on her profile there, find her podcast info there. It's also going to be in the show notes of this episode. Um, and don't forget that if you enjoy this podcast to subscribe and follow and give it a review, if you really want to say more about it, but Wendy, thank you so, so much. And hopefully one day I look forward to interviewing one of your kids. You will absolutely. And their friends, they would love to. And, and you, I want to have you back on again as well. That would be a ton of fun. Sounds yeah. good. Well, thank you thank so, you so, so much. much.